Hello everyone and welcome to the Property Show podcast. My name is Monty and I'm your host of the show that investigates and discusses the latest news and views in the property market and general financial world. We have another interesting show lined up for you today, looking at the high net worth side of the property market, which has had an interesting time of late, seemingly dropping off in the wake of stamp duty changes and Brexit concerns, but starting to show more than a few green shoots once more. What constitutes a large loan, how do people get finance, and what is the property market doing in this arena are all fundamental questions we will attempt to answer. To help me do this, I'm delighted to be joined by another legend of the mortgage market, Peter Izard, who is Business Development Manager of Private Banking at Investec. A big welcome to you, sir. Uh, Monty, thank you so much for having me here. It's a real pleasure. I've enjoyed listening to the podcasts and uh, <laughs> feel no pressure uh, because uh, we've got to try and make them as good and as informative <laughs> as the other ones, you know. so You're putting pressure on yourself. Oh, there. absolutely. Nothing like a bit of pressure, though, you know. It's a shame we don't have a, uh, a, a television camera here because... Uh, Peter, you're off officiating, aren't you? You're a qualified yep. referee, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, so I'm a, for those that are in and know, I'm only a level seven, which is uh, <laughs> the, the bottom of the ladder so far, but I'm a, a fully qualified referee in, uh, for Sussex, and uh, I'm off to, uh, to officiate a, a game between Investec and Arsenal Fans TV. Um, uh, in the most uh, exactly yeah in the most salubrious <laughs> yeah. of places in Wormwood Scrubs playing fields that's no about less. right for Arsenal isn't so it? probably is, yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, excellent no, looking forward to that no, that's very good um, well that's a world away from what we're here yeah. to talk about which is uh, obviously the high net worth and, and so I'll start off what from your point of view what's happening in in the prime London market from what's what's going on there? Well, very interesting. Um, you alluded to it in your introduction. Um, Prime certainly took a knock with the tax changes of a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, and if you think about the stamp duty changes for the residential purposes for a start, um, they were far more punitive at the higher end. Um, and, you know, there is an old adage, if you tax too much, people just walk away. Yeah, um, absolutely. And they certainly did, yeah. you know. Um, and then, of course, you had the buy-to-let changes, et cetera, which, again, was punitive and hit the, the prime lending market or the prime market even, mm. even, even harder, if that makes sense. And just as the market was starting to factor that in now as to the cost of buying in prime central London, uh, of course, you know, I can't believe we've only just talked about it, but Brexit, you know. Um, and we got through the whole of the last podcast yeah, without mentioning yeah, it, but well, in this it's one, it's impossible. Vain of all of our lives, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? So then, without getting too political, you know. <laughs> now, what Brexit's done is that it, it's just caused uncertainty, you know, um, and markets hate uncertainty. We've always yeah, heard about that absolutely. thing, you know. But, you know, clearly in a prime world, you know, um, the buyers are internationally filmed. So actually Brexit has had an effect on prime, both positive and negative. Right. Okay, okay. so the real positive is that um, actually I saw a, a stat recent, fascinating stat recently. I hope I've got this right. <laughs> um, that actually that uh, with the pound decreases since the Brexit vote, yeah. you know, for an American national looking to buy in London, London's 43% cheaper. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I knew I knew yeah. it was cheaper. I thought yeah. it was around 20. Well, 20, I thought it was 25, that's, that's but I'm, I'm yeah. sure I read that sort of thing. You know? Blimey. Now, uh, and of course, the pound is still coming under immense pressure. Yeah. Um, even so today, it's 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 still down a little bit after May's uh, 
cabinet meeting sort of thing, it, it went up slightly sort of thing, you know. But it's still under massive strains, so yeah. to speak. So we are seeing a lot of international clients who are non-sterling denominated mm. uh, looking to buy in London because London's great value because London is off. And, and of course, you know, for the, for the stamp duty changes we were talking about, you know. Um, but if, you, if, you're, if you've got that uh, liquidity, for example, the fact is London is still the place people yeah. want to, A, live in, and B, invest in, you know. Um, and if it's 43% cheaper, then, of course, you know, Brexit aside, you're going to turn around and say, well, irrespective of Brexit, yeah. I'm going to buy, you know. So what we're also seeing in London, though, of course, is... So I think we're seeing a, a certainly an uptake in people looking to buy now. I think people have got total and utter Brexit fatigue. Yeah. You know? And I think a lot of our clients are just saying enough's enough now. You know, we can sit on our hands and wait and see, or we can move. So you, you think we're over the worst where where the where the prime market? I mean, obviously, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen with 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 Brexit, etc. But. My opinion is that we're over the worst. I think the issue that's holding the market back now is lack of supply. Right. Simple as, you know. Yeah. Because what's happened, of course, as well, is that if you're a seller in high net worth, there's very few forced sellers, if that makes sense. Yes. You know? So you've had to come you've had to overcome the uh, the, the massive pain of the bricks of the stamp duty changes, etc. You know? You've had to now factor that into the cost of selling your property. Not the true cost, but the, the, the value of the, of the decrease of the mm. of the market, so to speak. Now, you know, you're going to ride it up. Then you've had the Brexit effect. So I think what we've got is a lot of clients, UK and international clients, looking to buy, okay, but there's just not enough sellers. Mm. And of course, so pent-up demand, not enough sellers. I think the sellers are, the, the, sorry, the buyers are saying there's a Brexit premium here. Yeah. You know, I'm actively going to think, now actually, but I'm not going to pay what you want for mm what you want me to pay if I mean so the sellers are turning around saying well hang on I've taken a hit on stamp duty I'm not taking a hit on on Brexit yeah. or as much yeah. so there's a perfect impasse yeah are we over the worst in my opinion I think we are Brexit aside who knows yeah that's really interesting so is it is it so is it just a London thing then is it I mean London's a a big draw generally, but is this applying outside of, yeah, of the capital? I, I suppose most of our business is London central, yeah. if that makes sense. I mean, we are seeing high net worth clients moving out of London as well. You know, they're they're moving further. Bath is is very mm. popular. Cambridge now, yeah. massive Cambridge, tech yeah, facilities with all the tech, and, yeah, and things, massive. and and even. May I just say, Monty, <laughs> a direct train from Brighton to Cambridge. <laughs> now, now, it might take forever, but you can get on at Brighton and you can get off at Cambridge on Govia Thames Link without changing. It's For those miracle, that don't you know. know, Peter is is somewhat of an expert on on trains and uh, and and all the recent issues. But I suspect that's a whole other yeah, podcast. That, that, around, that's a podcast in its own. Let's, let's not let's not go there. Trains. Thing, yeah. um, um, but no, we're, we're seeing we're seeing high, but we are seeing high net worth clients still wanting that London presence. You know. Yeah. Let, let's just talk about what what's the fundamentals of why people want London. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, look. Don't forget, first and foremost, you know, the UK, despite what everybody thinks, has got the world-class leading education system. It's got the highest number of red brick universities in the world. Its private schools are renowned across the world. And, you know, if you're in that high net worth sector, you know, you probably want your children educated mm. in the UK and predominantly in mm. London. Sort of thing, you know? um, it's still the international centre of the world. 
you know? Now, you know, despite the doom and gloom and all the ghastly statistics about Brexit, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, it's still the international financial capital of the world. Mm. It straddles two time zones. It's got a very safe legal target. You know, title. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, yeah. when you buy in yeah. London, you know you're, right. you're buying asset that you know is is safe and yeah. secure. I say with inverted commas, it's got a safe political system. <laughs> um, you know, now I know some people doubt that at the moment, but the actual rule of law and the stability of yeah. politics uh, in the UK is still revered across the world. Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. you know. And you know, interestingly, I was talking to a client once who was an international client. I think he was Brazilian. His wife was was a completely different uh, nationality, for example. This chap was high, super high net worth. He worked for an international company. He could live and work anywhere in the world. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, well, why, why London? You know, you've got the, the pick of the choices and whatever. And he said, why London? He said, because it's where my wife wants to live. He said, it's the shopping capital of the world. It's the it's cosmopolitan really place. Yeah. It's where people want to be. Yeah. So actually, you know, you can say whatever you like about London, but that micronism of, you know, they want property in London, yeah. for example. They might have holiday homes, they might have property all around the world, but London still holds that lure. That's really interesting. And and obviously we're talking about high net worth borrowers. It's it's what what does what does a high net worth borrower look like to, to you and, mm. and, and to invest tech? What's, yeah. what what okay, are you well, defining? I, look, it as? I, I suppose you know from a regulatory perspective, what what's deemed as high net worth, you know. So from a regulator's perspective, high net worth is someone with a net income, net income of yeah. 300,000. That's me out then. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I was out with the start of three, you know. Um, or net a- and or net assets of three million. Okay. Um, we we tend to work on the basis of we're talking uh, gross income of 300,000 or net asset. And net assets of three million is our is our target market, right? Okay. Um, but you know, and that's that that's so. I suppose that's a good starting point, isn't it? If that makes sense, yeah. you know. Um, but I think different private banks have different theories. If that makes sense, you know, some target uh, what we call uh, the people who are actively creating wealth. Uh, some target what we call old money, yeah. you know, landed gentry yeah, and, yeah. And, and inheritance and, uh, and and things like that sort of thing. And, and some target both. And I think it's fair to say that we certainly are of the of the former. Uh, we try and uh, assist those high net worth clients who are entrepreneurial, but actively creating wealth mm. uh, through earnings, if that makes sense, you know, and need that flexibility. So, um, so on that, I've I've seen a couple of your presentations, which are very good. I hasten to. Well, you have to say that. Um, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have didn't to. Say that I, just, yeah. I didn't want to say. It. I just yeah, wouldn't well, have said I'm anything. Very good. Um, now, and uh, one slide is interesting. Coming on from uh, from that whole definition of a high net worth, and and why the hell do high net worth borrowers want to mm. want to actually borrow? Surely they can yeah. they can afford it. And there's your famous is it Beyonce? Beyonce, yeah. Mortgage slide. That's a, do you want to uh, talk me through yeah, that? Why no, would, absolutely. Why would Beyonce get a mortgage? Well, exactly. So we, we run an article about that, just about that, you know, Beyonce. And you put Beyonce in an email and you send it out or you put it in a blog sort of thing as you get more readership than anything, <laughs> you know. Uh, how long they've read it for, I don't know. But they think, what the hell has Beyonce got to do with lending and high <laughs> net worth, for example, you know, I, I mean, that goes back to, you know, Beyonce took a, a 50 million pound mortgage on a property in America, for right. example, you know, um, this is a multi multi millionaire, who knows, maybe even yeah. a, 
uh, billionaire. And, you know, we, we, we are constantly asked the question, why do high net worth clients wish to borrow? Many of our clients have more than enough assets to buy uh, their properties debt free, yeah. if that makes sense, you know. Um, and I remember that uh, many years ago, my uh, blessing, my father-in-law said to me exactly that. He said, well, you know, wh why is it that people need to borrow? And I, uh, and I very simply said to him, I said, well, for, for many reasons, but let me just articulate a few. Um, first and foremost, most high net worth clients don't have uh, all of their assets very liquid, if yeah. that makes sense. They have investments uh, in a very wide circle of, of different yeah, areas. Absolutely. All around the world, yeah. if that makes sense, you know. So they're, they're very illiquid. That's the first thing. So there you go. Um, high net worths clearly, like us all, uh, want to be very tax efficient in their planning. For example, so there you know. So um, inheritance tax planning. Uh, if you go to an accountant or an IFA or a solicitor, they'll always tell you that to have debt against your estate is is good for that very mm. reason. For example, any more than that, I won't go into the sort of ins and outs yeah, because yeah. it's it's complicated yeah. but you know there, there's tax planning at the heart of it for example you know and, and thirdly if you think about it you know debt today is actually very very cheap you know interest rates are at an all-time low competition is high mm. and we'll we'll talk about that yeah um but actually i use a simplistic thing if i can borrow um you know uh, sub three percent which is quite easy, for example. And no doubt Beyonce borrowed, you know, far less than that. I don't know for, for, for definite something, you know. Um, actually, she's earning 20 or 25% on her uh, on her assets elsewhere through capital appreciation yeah. or stocks and shares or anything else there, for example, you know. They're going to continue to accumulate wealth, if that makes sense, yeah. you know. So for those three things alone, um, debt is not a dirty word. And whereas you and I hate the thought of a mortgage and probably want to pay it down as quickly as we can, <laughs> actually, uh, most high net worth clients see debt as a good thing. Yeah. It gives them liquidity to use their money elsewhere. Yeah. And of course, the other thing to remember is a lot of our clients are internationally based. So you've got currency issues, etc. Yeah, you know? That's a good point. Um, and of course, you know, if I take out a debt in the same denomination of what I'm borrowing, it means that I don't have to transfer money from abroad. I'm not mm. subject to the vagrancies of the pound, etc., which might work in your favor, might not. If mm. that makes sense, you know. So, uh, I think that uh, you know it's 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 the opposite of you and I, Monty, in the yeah. sense of you know actually I'm quite happy to be leveraged high on my debt yeah. because I'm earning more elsewhere. Very good. Um, I'm quite happy with my little uh, five-year fixed interest-only mortgage. Well, <laughs> I don't know how the hell I'm going to pay it off. But <laughs> yeah, we'll worry about that later. I'll worry about that later. Lenders, lenders obscured, of course. So, yeah, you touched on that actually. Competition. Mm. Um, and as I mentioned, that the market does seem to have come back recently, yeah. and it's it seems to be getting more competitive. Yep. Um, does it mirror on the high net worth side what we're seeing in the yeah. in the in the retail market? Yeah. Are you feeling the pressure for yeah. Yeah. for competition and and maybe cutting costs? Yeah, no. Do you know what's really interesting is that uh, let's talk about the retail market first because I think you've got to look at the full picture. So in the retail market, what we're seeing here is across the country, uh, we're seeing more lenders coming in, 
so we're seeing greater competition. Mm. Um, and of course, the big retail lenders are very liquid at the moment. Yeah. You know, um, I was reliably informed that actually for the, for the big top four, since they've broken their investment bank side and they've put the sort of firewall yeah. between the two, yeah, yeah. they've shifted a lot of liquidity over to the retail side uh, and they've got to get that out and they've got to get it out through lending. You know, and so what we're seeing is the retail lenders are the big boys are having to lower their rates, and they've got to a point where you can really lower them no more, mm. if that makes sense. You know, so if 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 you can go no further on rate, then actually what we got is we got criteria creep, if that makes sense. You know, so now what I think you're seeing is that you're seeing more lenders either going lower on rate. And they're saying we could go no further, so we're going to change our criteria. So what was once our domain uh, in a sense of there were areas of the market that the retail lenders wouldn't touch, mm. I think now you're seeing some retail lenders turn around and say, well, for the right client, you know, yeah. under those pressures, uh, we will lend to them, which mm. was never their domain before. Yeah, we're definitely you know? seeing that yeah? now. So I think we're up against competition from the retail ones that was perhaps private banking mm. domain once. We're seeing an opening up of, you know, they're, they're, they're getting foreign currency more. They're understanding the market more. They're doing higher LTVs on larger loans. They may be a little bit more flexible on interest only and things, you know. So we've got to work harder and be more creative. But then, of course, on the private bank sector, um, for the same reasons as the retail sector, you know, the competition is fierce, you know. Uh, all banks across the board are under pressure to lend more, if that makes sense. Mm. Demand isn't as great as it once was. So I think competition is seeing, you know, pricing come under strain and criteria creep. And I mm. think, so what we've got to do, we've never been a price-led organization. So, you know, I think we're competitive, uh, but we're not market-leading, you know. Yeah. We've got to be imaginative and we've got to create structures uh, and understand our clients to be able to help them the best we can. Um, mm. But yeah, I think we're feeling the pressure like everybody, you know, but we welcome it because the above all else, okay, fantastic if you're buying now, because if you need lending now, mm. whether it be retail or high net worth, I don't think the competition's ever been as good as it is now. Yeah. And that means that you're getting a better deal. So do you see um, there's a lot of talk in our, in our industry around, um, around technology mm. and all of that. And um, I think I noticed an article actually this yeah. morning about... Um, um, I think it was Investec pulling yeah. out of a robo advice type yeah, click and invest, um, yeah. platform. Is it? Do you think is that is that because you just don't think robo advice is is ready? I know it's not really the mortgage arena, but has it still got a long way to go? Do you think it's ever yeah. going to affect <clears throat> your domain? Okay, well, so the the Investec pulling its click and invest um, offering was 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 more on investments in yeah. that sense. So if you had some money to invest. Uh, you could effectively uh, invest in an electronic fund where it was managed rather than a wealth advisor, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, we we've 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 pulled out of that market because it's not an area of uh, that we think we want to pursue, and we'll go back to our roots of having proper wealth managers yeah. and looking yeah, after those, that. for example, something. You know? But if you take that back to the, you know, do I see robo advice coming into the high net worth space? if that makes sense. Well, I think it's partly here now, okay, in a sense of that I think a lot of clients now, even in the high net worth sector, do a lot of due diligence, 
before they even come to us, you know. Uh, a lot of our business is through the intermediary channel um, and a lot of our and some of our business comes directly. And I think what clients try and do is they try and do their due diligence first, you know, by using the Internet and various different you know, search engines, yeah. et cetera, they've got sort of thing, you know. And then they realize just how complex it is. And of course, if you're a high net worth client and you're earning serious amounts of money, okay, and actually, wouldn't you just think to yourself, well, getting a mortgage will be easy. I earn plenty of money. Affordability is no issue. Oh, yeah? yes, they do. Yeah, okay. And that's <laughs> and where that's it all goes wrong. That's the problem. Yeah, and that's where it all goes <laughs> yeah. wrong. And that's when they suddenly think to yourself, right, you know, we need some help here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think that robo-advice has got a place and I think it will continue to grow, but I think it will take the low-hanging fruit first. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the simple remortgage where it's like for like and it's very simple. I think in our domain, um, I think it will take longer, but I th it will come. Mm. It will come. Mm. But the other thing is, Monty, one thing's for certain. High net worth clients are very time poor, mm. okay? Many of our clients work ridiculously long hours, but they also know the value of time. Yes. Okay? And the time they have got, limited as it is, mm. you know, want to spend with their family, yeah. with their children, with their wives, with their friends, etc. you know. So they really value the time of, you know, I understand I need this, I get it, no problem sort of thing, but actually I want it done and I want it done quickly. Yeah. But I like the idea of someone doing it for yeah. me. They also value advice. Yes. And that's that's what I find very interesting. And not afraid to pay for it. No. If that makes sense, yeah. you know? Because they'll all have their own solicitors, they'll have their own accountants that mm -hmm. they've probably had for many years. Many of them uh, and and don't un, you know, absolutely value that, that professionalism, yeah. that expertise. And so when it comes to, to the mortgage planning, they do perhaps gravitate to a to an intermediary and they'll be willing to pay for that advice yeah. but it's got to be expert advice and it's yeah. got to be from people that understand their their uh, idiosyncrasies their yeah. their nuances um well take it back to politics okay you got we've only got time for a couple more questions you wow time's flowing flow. cool, you know, um thinking of the big game so tonight that's <laughs> what it is, you know? So this is one question I got a lot. I get a lot, and it's it's one that I was asked. I was asked on the radio mm. recently. Uh, Corbyn or Brexit? Which is worse? That's the question I got asked yeah. rather flippantly. Yeah. But do, what do you think that he, if he does get into power, that that whole the, this whole generation of the Labour movement under mm. under Jeremy Corbyn is that a really worrying effect for mm. for the prime sector? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, and um, but I'm going to put my hand out and turn around and say yes, yes, it is. It is quite concerning. Um, a very interesting article in the Economist only recently, which is publicly available, um, and it was just talking about this, the the Corbyn effect, if that makes sense. You know, mm. anecdotally, I hear some of my clients turn around and say they're more scared of Corbyn government than they are of Brexit. Right, if that makes sense. You know, why? Uh, why? Because um, of the tax treatment. You know. Why? Because, you know, they, high net worths aren't afraid of paying tax. And trust me, when I see some of the tax they pay, it's not all that you believe, if that makes sense. They're not all squirreled away in some secretive accounts offshore, etc., etc. Mm. They do pay a, a sizable amount. Uh, and, of course, um, the Corbyn government is talking about, uh, you know, uh, VAT on private school fees mm -hmm. as well and things like that. Sort of thing, you know? And also the far-reaching effect of capital controls. Now, it's been denied, but, you know, there are that thing that 
in the event of an economy slip, there could be capital controls, etc., which means the movement of money uh, mm. over various jurisdictions, etc. Just mentioning that, it does cause concern, for example. And, of course, you would have potentially higher transactional property fees, etc., yeah. etc. Yeah. You know? So I think it's, it's something that the high net worth market uh, is aware of and is concerned about. Um, and they are starting to take some measures now, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. But trust me for one thing, uh, Monty, and it's very simply this, um, that actually the old adage, and we saw it with the stamp duty market, you know, um, so be careful what you wish for, you know. I think what the, the lauding, you know, the more you earn, the more you pay in tax is a very laudable and very sensible proposition. Yeah. But if you tax someone too much, they are able to fly. They will leave this country and they will move somewhere else, if that makes sense, yeah. you know. And high net worth clients bring huge value to the economy because often they employ thousands of people and they make the economy much, much money. Mm. So, you know, it's getting the balance right, if that makes yeah. sense. But it is a concern. Um, and I think that it would it could potentially be a very real concern. Yeah. Of course, the other thing is as well. That, you know, should Labour get in, for example, A, will Jeremy Corbyn be the Prime Minister? <laughs> Who knows? Um, and B, actually, once in power, will he be quite as aggressive as he uh, as he talks now? Yeah, Who knows? we, should, we see, see that a lot. It's easy to yeah. say something in opposition and then very difficult to, to, Absolutely right. to do it when in power. Absolutely right. um, so are you broadly positive or negative for 2019? Do you know, Monty, I'm always glass half full, not half empty. Apart looking at my glass here, it is actually <laughs> three quarters empty, something. Yeah? Broadly positive, you know. I think, um, you know, I, I like everybody else. We, we've just got to, we've just got to move on on this Brexit mm. debacle, you know. Whatever the outcome is now, you know, this Brexit fatigue, you know, you know is is just tying us all down. For example, where it goes, I don't know. Mm. We've got to move forward. But the fundamentals, we we lose size of the fact that actually the UK economy is actually doing pretty well. Yeah. You know, unemployment, all-time low, inflation relatively under control, um, you know, wage rises increasing, for example. You know, if it wasn't for Brexit, mm. you know, well, we'd actually be talking so much positive. Yeah. We lose that sight. So, you know? so yeah. in view of that, I'm certainly going to turn around and say quite bullish, but one side on the yeah. on the, on the on the handbrake as well, if that okay. makes sense, you know. Um, well, thank you. But I'm going to I'm asking all my guests this. This okay. is uh, so. If you weren't doing what you were doing now, what would you do? Right. You well, I thought about this. Um, I often think about this, you know, because I stumbled into financial services. <laughs> I mean, like didn't we most we all, did, yeah. didn't we? Sort of, you know. I mean, I've got a 16-year-old son doing his uh, his GCSEs, and and that's a different story there. Oh, <laughs> anybody who's got teenage sons doing GCSEs, I'm, you know, we're together, man. We're together. I promise you, you know. Um, and so, you know, and and actually, he hasn't really got a clue what he wants to do. Mm. Sort of, look, it, what would I do there? Sort of, you know. Um, well, maybe a train driver. <laughs> uh, at least we'd get there on time. Wouldn't strike. Um, but no, in all seriousness, you know, I am a, a passionate public speaker. You know, mm. there's nothing actually more than I like to stand up on a platform and preach the word of mortgages or yeah. or anything else, for example. So I think it would have to be something like, um, you know, potentially, and you know, I, you know. I'm a talker, Monty, you know. <laughs> so something that involves talking, I think, would be there sort of thing. And actually, okay. I get to do that in my current job. Yeah. But it may be, you know, TV work, present, you know, sort yeah. of working in that world. But Or a 
or a motivational speaker. There you go. Motivational so speaker. Huge I like crowds, etc. You know? I like that. So, okay. and actually, do you know the other thing is as well? Actually, last promise on Brexit and trains. You know, <laughs> when I when I talked about the trains, uh, I got quite politically motivated. <laughs> Literally and, got a minute. <laughs> okay. Go on. And actually, did a lot of work with my local MP. You know. Yeah. And so deep down there, there's something there that turns around and says. Politics may Politics. in years to come. Well, I'll tell you what, currently. I'd vote for you at the moment. Thank you. Um, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to my guest, Peter Izard. And of course, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next month. And if you have any comments or questions in the meantime, to put to either myself or one of our guests, you can contact me on Twitter at Monty's blog. Until next time, this is The Property Show signing off. <laughs>